Welcome to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. If some days you doubt yourself and you don't know what you're doing, if you've ugly cried alone in your bedroom because you felt like you're failing, well, I just want you to know you're not alone and you have come to the right place. Raising tweens and teens in today's world is not easy. And I'm on a mission to equip you to love well and to raise emotionally healthy, happy tweens and teens that thrive. I believe that moms are heroes and we have the power to transform our family and to impact future generations. If you are looking for answers, encouragement, and to become more of the mom and the woman that you want to be, welcome. I'm Cheryl Gould, and I am so glad that you're here. Hi, friend. Welcome to the show today. I am so glad that you're here and you're listening in. And if you have a kid that struggles with ADHD, or you suspect that they may have ADHD, or you are interested in how diet can impact our kids positively or negatively, I believe you are going to find this episode as fascinating as I did. My special guest today is Dana Kay. She's a board-certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner, and she is also the founder of the ADHD Thrive Institute. And in this episode, Dana shares her own personal journey with her son, who was struggling with behavioral challenges and ADHD at an early age, and how his diagnosis and behavioral challenges center on a quest to find ways to support him, and how she discovered that there was a definite connection between diet, the gut, and reducing and eradicating ADHD, and the difference that she saw that it made. And one of the things that she really discovered was that this is something that doctors weren't talking about. And while I am a big believer in medication making a huge difference in your kid's success, diet and nutrition, they often get left out of treating and healing ADHD. So I know that you're going to find this episode so helpful with what Dana has to share with us. So let's dive in. Welcome, Dana, to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here too. We have had We've had numerous amazing people come on and talk about ADHD and helping their kids navigate ADHD, how to support them through that whole process. We've even had people come on and talk about if mom has ADHD, but I have never had anybody come on here and talk about a holistic approach to ADHD. And It's so important. And we're going to talk all about food and what you can do health-wise to support your kids. But first, I just want you to 
tell about yourself, your story, how you started this journey? Yeah. Yeah, look, um, not many people are talking about, you know, holistic approaches to to ADHD and gen- and that's really why I probably ended up where I am uh, because my son was diagnosed with ADHD at the at the age of 4. And so, you know, I get all of it. I get the the struggle that comes with that. Um, you know, I remember feeling just oh, just so overwhelmed and um, angry. And, you know, this wasn't the life that I had expected to live when I had children. And, you know, I always sort of in my gut knew that there was something that was a little bit different with him. He had, you know, boundless amounts of energy. He would bounce off the walls. Uh, He would have meltdowns that were not age appropriate and would last for, for hours on end. And, you know, at first the the teachers and the doctor were like, oh, no, he's just a boy, you know, that's just what you get. And I'm like, okay, okay. But, you know, you might deep down in my gut I just knew that there was something not quite right. And and it sort of all caught up to us, uh, you know, around the age of four and a half and that's when his teachers started to notice, you know, he was that little bit more hyperactive than other kids. He had a little bit more tantrums than the other kids and a little bit less focused than the other kids and he was diagnosed with ADHD and we were immediately given a prescription medication. And, you know, I'm not against medication at all and at first I, I remember feeling relieved with the diagnosis, you know, I wasn't a bad mom. It, it, it wasn't my parenting that was doing this because that's all the thoughts that go through through your head. Uh, and I was actually excited to feel the prescription medication. And uh, so I did, I gave it to him and things at first were actually quite good and they were calm and, uh, you know, he was getting on well with his brother and he was sitting down at the dinner table and it was good until it wasn't, you know. Uh, then he started to have these side effects wasn't able to sleep, lost weight, started to get anxiety, all of this sort of stuff. Um, And so the dosage increased and then the side effects became worse. And then he had some new side effects. So the doctor prescribed another prescription to counteract the side effects of the first. And this continued until he was on three very strong medications at the age of five. And when the doctor suggested a fourth medicine to counteract some new side effects that had popped up, that's when I said, this doesn't seem right, <laughs> you know, and I just couldn't do this anymore. And, you know, that's when my my career path completely changed. I went back to school. Uh, I did my holistic health degree, multiple specific certifications in this particular area. And I really learned that ADHD symptoms can be reduced naturally. Medicine isn't the only way. Uh, I learned how Food can affect so many aspects of our lives. Uh, And today my son is in middle school. He's 13. uh, He's thriving. He hasn't been on meds for years. um, And he's he's doing amazing. I never get calls from school when I used to get them all the time. Um, But most importantly, I think for me is he's happy. And, you know, we now have sort of that balance and that peace in our house. And once I learned about the importance of food on behavior and gut health and the gut brain connection, you know, once I saw for my own eyes how these natural strategies could reduce the symptoms for my son and help my family, I really couldn't keep this information to myself. And I, I just didn't want 
anyone else to have to go through the struggles that I went through, my family went through. And I've been lucky enough, you know, over the years now to have worked with close to a thousand other families, help them get to the same place uh-huh. as me, but just so much quicker without much as much stress mm-hmm. um, and without as much pain. So yeah, that's my story and, and my son's story. A personal, you have that personal journey. So it just equips you that much more to be able to help other parents that are feeling that way and feeling powerless and, oh my gosh, exhausted, all the feelings that you were describing, angry, blaming themselves. Yeah. All those things that we can do. And we were talking, I have two ADHD kids that no longer take medicine either and are older, but you know, I, I relate a lot to what you're saying and that you go to a doctor and, and medication, like you said, can really help it, it helped my kids, but mm-hmm. it's not really, you know, it's like you can prescribe that medication, but you're not really getting to the root underneath. You're just, you know, I, I think it's easy to do that in today's, you know, world. We want an answer so quickly. We, we want to fix it. Yes. And like you said, then it kept getting worse and it yes. wasn't working. And yet and there's a band aid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so tell us, talk about like the gut brain connection. What is that? A lot of our listeners maybe have some of our listeners maybe have heard about that. Some haven't. Yeah. What What is that? So uh, I'll first just talk about the gut. And, you know, uh, I think aside from diet, the gut, the center of everything. Uh, I just want to, I want to start off with a few statistics. So it's estimated that 54% of American children have been diagnosed with a chronic illness in 2018. That's one in two. So if you've got two children, one of them most likely will be diagnosed with a chronic illness. Um, And that figure was only 15% a couple of years before that. And so you look at the increase, it's Mm. shocking. Yeah. One in two have anxiety, asthma, type one, type two diabetes, epilepsy, cystic fibrosis, heart problems, allergic conditions. One in five have allergies. One in six have developmental delays. And one in, I think it's now 45, have autism. And so we think to ourselves, well, why did this rise occur so rapidly? And the answer is simple. And it it all begins in the gut. And that's because 80% of the body's entire immune system is within the gut wall, along with billions of nerve cells and extensive amount of beneficial gut bacteria. So all of our children's health and ours, obviously, is quite literally connected to everything that occurs in the gut. And I have got countless families that come to me for guidance with their kids' uh, ADHD symptoms. And, you know, I always do a health intake. How was your health history? They usually say, oh, they're really healthy. They're my healthiest child. Uh, and when I press a little bit further, I ask if the child has suffered from any diarrhea or constipation, and they often tell me they have. And they're surprised to learn that constipation is not normal. You know, it's not healthy. It may be very, very common, but it's a byproduct of an unhealthy gut. I then ask if the child has been on lots of antibiotics and when they were younger and a massive percentage of children have. Uh, I actually wish I kept a tally because it would be really interesting to look at 
the percentage of children with ADHD versus the percentage of that how many have had, had multiple rounds of antibiotics. But what happens with antibiotics? They work by killing bacteria and or preventing it from growing. But unfortunately, most antibiotics can't distinguish between like the good and the bad bacteria. And that means yes. they wreak havoc on the gut's healthy bacteria. And actually, people suffer lasting changes to their gut flora as a result of taking antibiotics. So a large percentage of these children have been on multiple rounds of antibiotics, and that's in turn compromising the gut. And when the gut is compromised, it's not a huge surprise to see that disorders and illnesses are, are on the rise. But I want to just tie gut health to brain health because that's you know, your original question. And so what the gut-brain connection means is that in essence, our brains are deeply connected to our guts. And if our guts aren't functioning well, our brains won't function well either. Now, uh, um, the brain has many areas involved in gut function. One of the main areas is the frontal lobe. And it's uh, the area of the brain that talks to the gut via two-way chemical messengers and nerve branches. And the frontal lobe is involved in things like attention and focus and executive function, and planning, and organizing, and problem solving. Do any of those areas sound like ones affected by ADHD? You're nodding your head, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because they do. They should. Um, Children with ADHD often struggle with all of those tasks. And because the frontal lobe is in the brain, many people are under the impression It's the brain that needs care when in reality, it's also the gut that's causing problems. But also I think the biggest thing for me, especially with younger children is 95% of the body's serotonin and 50% of the body's dopamine is produced in the gut. And these neurotransmitters or hormones are the ones that manage our emotions. They balance our mood. They help our cognitive function. And emotional dysregulation is a common symptom of ADHD. And many parents don't realize that this emotional dysregulation actually starts in the gut where serotonin and dopamine are made. And so the problem isn't the fact the emotions themselves, but the fact that the correct amount of these vital neurotransmitters are not being made in the first place. So by working to improve gut health, Parents of children with ADHD find that emotional dysregulation problems solve themselves. It's actually one of the first things that changes when we help the gut. So, uh, you know, that's a bit of an explanation there. And I like to think of it kind of like, um, have you ever had like butterflies in your stomach when you've been nervous about something? Oh, yes. Most of the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and that's a perfect example of the gut-brain connection at work. You know, our bodies are perceiving whatever we're nervous about or a stressful situation, um, and then our brains trigger raw emotions in the gut, resulting in that feeling of butterflies or feeling nauseous. Um, and so that's the brain talking to the gut, but the reverse is also true. So our gut's talk to our brains as well when the digestive system and specifically the intestinal tract has a higher level of bad gut bacteria than good it's called gut dysbiosis and gut dysbiosis creates inflammation that travels through the vagus nerve to the brain and once it reaches the brain it creates all of those symptoms that i mentioned brain fog inattention ability to focus poor memory you know and a whole host of other uh, other symptoms so it's kind of like this highway you know they're constantly sending messages back and forth wow wow i know that so many of our listeners are like 
Oh my gosh, brain fog. Yes. Oh, you know, just even for themselves. Oh, totally. I know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're going to give me, because I, I am a big believer in this with the food, the gut connection, but I'm not not always real good Mm -hmm. at at doing it. And I do notice it's such a difference with myself when, with, with just, you know, that, that connection. And they've, they've done so many studies. There might be some people listening that are skeptical, like, oh, oh I don't totally. know. But yes. there's so much research now done on it, that this is, mm-hmm. this is more main, mainstream now, right? With it's, the, look, it's becoming, are- it's becoming more mainstream. Um, and, you know, I've run into many non-believers in my time. Um, I tell you, my husband, he used to be one of them. You know, I always throw him under the bus. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it was the science that first made me rethink the direction that we were traveling with my son. Um, and also for him, he's a man of science. And, you know, the fact that um, my son was having significant side effects from the medication, it was the science that convinced me natural methods were worth a shot. Uh, and there's also a lot of studies uh, that are out there in relation to food and ADHD, because that's really where the biggest uh, non-believers come. Like, well, how can your diet, you know, reduce ADHD symptoms? I can tell you like, literally, you know, if you take out some of the most inflammatory foods, sometimes within two weeks, you've got a different child. Um, There was a study conducted in, uh, I think it was 2011. It concluded that 64% of children diagnosed with ADHD were actually experiencing a hypersensitivity to food, 64% of the study. You know, uh, I wonder what might happen if these children change their diet and remove foods that they were sensitive to. Hmm, maybe the symptoms will become more manageable. Um, you know, there was another there was another study which I found really really interesting. Fifty six percent of ADHD kids tested positive for food allergies, compared to less than six to eight percent of the general kids in the general population. So six to eight percent in the general population, compared to fifty six percent of kids with ADHD. So that tells me there is a clear correlation between ADHD and food allergies. And I could keep going on and on with oh, the studies, yeah, that's but just, I'm sure, you know, yeah. that's just the, the Oh, that is, that is fascinating. And I didn't know that serotonin and dopamine are produced in the stomach. Yeah. Look, and also a lot of kids with ADHD, you know, have trouble sleeping. So melatonin, serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. You need melatonin, the hormone to help you sleep. Okay. So if you've got low serotonin in your gut, you're not going to be making the melatonin and then you're going to be having sleep trouble. So if you've got sleep troubles, listeners out there, you may be wanting to look at, you know, how's your gut health or how's your children's gut health? Because there could be something in there that's actually contributing not to being able to make enough serotonin to make enough melatonin. Wow. Okay. So what do we do? Don't ever blame yourself if your kid eats CRAP food. Um, uh, We know what we know. Uh, We do what we have to do to get through. Um, Being a parent is tough, you know, and uh, we're all busy. And so never blame yourself. Don't think, oh, my gosh, this is all my fault. It's not your fault at all. Um, And I'll also tell you that Rome wasn't built in a day because, you know, you do not need to do all of this at once. And, you know, now that you know this, don't think, oh, my God, I've got to change our diet. I've got to fix the gut. I've got to do it tomorrow. No, you don't. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's not a race. 
you know, it's a marathon. It's okay to take things slowly. It's it's okay to take one step at a time. So I'm going to preface this with that first. Just keep that in the back of your mind when I say that. But uh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I really love that because I can, you know, we do panic like, oh my gosh, my kids, you know, eats goldfish all the time. How am I going to you know, and then you start thinking, you know, start thinking you have to radically change everything all at you once. You don't. And yeah. you don't, like a little bit, I'm sure it's going to make a difference. So yeah, and look, you've got yeah. to start, you've got to start somewhere and doing it slowly. I did everything on day one and I do not recommend that at all. I had multiple panic attacks. I was on the floor many times crying. Um, and so I can tell you that's not what I teach the families that I work with. Um, but I think People want to start with the diet. Diet is the foundation of everything. It's kind of like when you're building a house. If you don't have that solid foundation, the house is not going to be very strong. It's going to fall down. And the body is the same. The diet is the foundation of the body. And if we're still pounding the body with all of these inflammatory foods, we're not going to be able to help the body and the mind thrive. And so the top three foods that I recommend families remove from the diet and just brace yourself. Like, I don't want to give you a shock, but it's um, gluten, dairy, and soy. And that's because these three foods are the top three culprits that are driving inflammation in the body. They're highly inflammatory and they can lead to leaky gut. Okay. And, you know, I've just talked about how important that gut is to that gut brain connection. And so gluten in particular, um, leads to a leaky gut in everyone. It's called, it leads to increased intestinal permeability in everyone, even those that, you know, don't have a gluten allergy or a known gluten tolerance. It, it, it does it for everyone. For some, it is temporary. Uh, for others, it has lasting effects on the body. Uh, and I'll talk about why it's more for others than uh, than some in a second. But, um, you know, it basically, intestinal permeability refers to the breakdown of the intestinal walls. And when it's not functioning well, the walls of the intestine form a barrier, allowing water and nutrients to pass through but blocking other things from entering the bloodstream. So when a person has this increased intestinal permeability, it leads to leaky gut, which basically means the tight junctions in the gut that are supposed to control what passes through the lining of the intestines aren't doing their job effectively. And so it allows all these toxins and harmful substances into the bloodstream that aren't supposed to be there, that create this inflammation. So gluten creates intestinal permeability, Intestinal permeability creates leaky gut, leaky gut um, uh, triggers inflammatory response. And then, you know, that all goes up into the brain, aka we have all of these symptoms. So gluten, number one food to remove out of the diet. But as I said, rope wasn't built in a day. You don't need to do it all tomorrow. Um, uh, So, you know, but also other things like, you know, artificial flavors and artificial colors. That's huge with kids with ADHD. There's lots of studies out there to say that, you know, it can affect, you know, create hyperactivity in children. Uh, Interestingly, uh, um, a lot of other countries have different ingredients for the same product that is sold in the US. Like, Ketchup, for example, here it has high fructose corn syrup and has artificial, you know, colours in it. In Australia, in France, in the UK, it has no artificial flavours or colours, doesn't have high fructose corn syrup, but it's made by the same supplier. Wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of products out there that have different recipes for different countries because those countries have taken measures to remove 
high fructose corn syrup, artificial flavors, artificial colors out of the food supply, whereas America hasn't. Interesting. Oh gosh, we could have a whole thing on that. <laughs> oh, we could totally have a whole thing on that and yeah, I'm not going to yeah, go there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that's where I'd say people would start is like really just trying to reduce inflammation in the body through diet. But it's not just about what to take out. You know, it's really about what to put back in. You know, as far as what to eat, my, my best tip is to sort of focus on whole, nutritious, fresh fruits and veggies, grass-fed animal proteins such as meat, poultry, seafood, eggs, plenty of healthy fats like avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil, you know, Go away from those other highly inflammatory oils like vegetable oil and sunflower oil. Really focus on the the good quality ones. Um, Drinking plenty of spring water. Uh, Spring water, you're not only avoiding harmful chemicals that are in some water, but also water helps detox the body and remove toxins that are already there. And so all of that really provides the body with the nutrients it needs so that it can function at our best. And the rule of thumb that I've got is when buying a packaged good, If there's anything on the ingredients that you can't pronounce, put it back on the shelf. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, like try to focus on packaged foods that have less than like five or six ingredients on them. Yeah, that's a good, a good, good rule of thumb. I think, you know, if you got a really long list, it's like, just stick, stick it back there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, when you started doing this with your son and you, what was that whole process like for you? You said you were on the floor, you did it all the time. You were a desperate mom. That's what we do, right? Feeling I desperate. Was. I was but like, I how learned this and I had to change everything straight away. Yeah. Um, look, I, I honestly muddled my way through it because I had no one to help me. Uh, and you know, I changed his diet. So I removed gluten, dairy, and soy and artificial flavors and artificial colors. I did some functional lab testing, which is, you know, really diving deep into each person's individual body to see what's going on. Is there actually something deeper going on in the gut that's contributing to this? Is there problems with detoxification pathways? Are there other food sensitivities? So I did a food sensitivity on my test and he was highly sensitive to raspberries. I mean, who would have thought raspberries are healthy, aren't they? But they were significantly contributing to inflammation in his body. So on day one, I removed all of those things, plus about 40 food sensitivities. Uh, And that's why I had multiple panic attacks um, because that was not the right way to do it. Now, but I will say literally within two weeks, my child was a different kid. It was bizarre. Uh, And, um, you know, his body just calmed down. His meltdowns became less severe, uh, less frequent, uh, less intense, um, you know, and until such time he stopped having meltdowns altogether. Um, And for me, the meltdowns were probably the hardest because it just puts your family in this stop zone. You can't do anything. You can't go out. You can't continue with your day because you're dealing with this meltdown. And so when that stopped, it was like, this peace just returned to our house. So for us, that was the biggest thing. But then we looked at what was in his underlying body contributing to the breakdown or the increase in inflammation. So we bought in some key supplements based on what was going on on those lab tests. 
And, um, you know, within four months, I was able to start slowly reducing him off the medication uh, one by one. Obviously, um, you know, I'll tell people out there, don't do that on your own. You should always do it in consultation yeah. with your doctor. Uh, and until such time he was off it and he was thriving. That is Don't get me wrong. I mean, having kids, you know, at, at, that are teenagers is a is a whole nother ball game. Um, and but now it's like totally age appropriate. It's um, you know, and so it's full stop. No matter if they've got ADHD or anything else, there it's hard work. Like I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Did you start? I'm I'm imagining you started eating like that. Did you notice you started yeah. feeling different? Oh. A thousand percent. I used to suffer from anxiety myself. I used to be on an SSRI um, to to help with my anxiety and um, I was able to get off that and felt amazing. You know, we hardly get sick touch wood, um, uh, but, um, you know, I don't, we don't eat gluten and dairy and soy in our house every now and again, I will go out with my husband when the kids aren't around and I'll have something with gluten in it and I always pay for it later. And, yeah. uh, and so I know how much it can affect my body. And so, you know, I always say to myself, I'm never going to do that again. Um, but you know, we all make silly mistakes, um, you know, and I don't do it very often, but yeah, like, wow, it, it's, it's amazing. And it's the same for the families that go through my program, you know, they make the changes with their whole family and the, the, the stories of the parents' improvements are insane. You know, we had this one lady who had terrible inflammation in her hip joint. You know, there were days she couldn't get out of bed or walk up her second story to her bedroom. She was waiting for a specialist appointment and uh, the doctor rang about 10 weeks into our program and said, I've got an appointment for you, you know, to come and find the source of the inflammation to get you some medication. And she said, I don't need to come anymore. It's completely disappeared. And that was all because of everything that she was doing for her kids. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And didn't have that. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It is. It can, it, it's not just ADHD. Everything that I'm teaching you is not ADHD. It's like health. It's everything. Yeah, it's you know, it's gut. every disorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We all, have, yeah. uh, we all have a gut. Yeah. So I, you know, you wrote a book. And, yes. and I'm going to, I'm going to get off of this call and order it. Cause I just think it would be so helpful for me. But, and, um, and my mom's a big believer in all of this too. I mean, I am too. And even the, the, when they want to so quickly put you on an antibiotic mm-hmm. yes. and, and so often she'll say, unless I really need it, I don't want to go on that. And then yeah. you think she'll usually take probiotics right after she goes on. I was on just going to say, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that the best probiotic to take is something called Saccharomyces boulardii, and it's a specific strain that is perfect for if you have to go on antibiotics. And so, uh, you know, I always suggest to people that if they have to go on antibiotics to take that as well, obviously don't do it around the same time as the antibiotics and always do it for about two weeks after uh, finishing the antibiotics afterwards to just keep restore that gut flora because you you know you're breaking it down when you go on the antibiotics and you really want to restore uh restore that gut afterwards yeah people i mean i that are listening sometimes you know if you have a sinus infection they put you on the antibiotic and it goes away but then all of a sudden it comes back yeah and that's just like you were saying that the good bacteria it kills the good stuff too not just yeah. the bad stuff and then the it big does. the bad stuff comes back with the vengeance 
Yes, it does. And it's like, it is this vicious cycle. Like if you've got allergies, if you've got asthma, if you've got eczema, uh, that is usually as a result, a result of the breakdown of the gut. And so, uh, you know, you can, uh, you can restore your gut and you'll find a lot of the symptoms of all of this stuff, um, will, will go away. Um, and so sometimes, uh, it's sort of counterproductive when you do antibiotics. There are times where I would be like, you have to take antibiotics. Um, strep is one of those things. Strep oh, has, yeah. um, you know, a number of complications that um, can end in something called PANDAS, which is, um, you know, a, another neuro uh, behavioral uh, issue. And it can be really, it can change a, a kid's personality. Uh, so strep is one of those things that, you know, I definitely don't mess around with. Ear infections, you can wait out a bit, you know, even sinus infections. It's like, well, it's just a little bit of a sign that you do, there's lots of natural things you can do to try and to try and rectify that first if you if you can. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying don't take medications here. Correct. It's, you know, it's like getting to what's really going on and being yeah. able to use your diet to really, you know, help your own health and yeah. And make an informed decision, you know, yes. do the positives outweigh the negatives. And that's how I live my life. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? Yes, they do in this instance, or no, they don't. And that is how I make my decisions. Uh, and so, you know, it's the same thing here. Uh, do the positives outweigh the, the negatives, you know, when it comes to strep? No, they don't. And so I will, you know, give the, give the, give the antibiotics. So, or whatever, you know. No or yes, they do. I don't know which way. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. So tell us about you were saying there's some tests that you can have yes. done. Yeah. And I'll um, share, so, I'll share this, you know, some links in the notes. Yeah. What, what are those? Yeah, look, so I, you know, I always say that um diet's the foundation of everything. Uh, you can't supplement your way out of a poor diet. And so, uh, you know, even the same with these tests you're not going to change the diet, there's no point in spending the money on these tests because you really need to make sure that inflammation is low and a big part of that comes from what you eat. Now, uh, um, the first test that I suggest for families is a stool test. So it gives us a really good picture of the state of the gut uh, because we want the gut to be functioning well. We want that gut-brain connection to be functioning well. And so we look at everything going on there, parasites, bacteria, worms, yeast overgrowth, uh, intestinal health markers, you know, so we can really make sure that, you know, we can support that gut-brain connection. We also look at food sensitivity testing because the food can create these inflammatory reactions in the body that can create symptoms that can further break down the lining of the gut. Um, another test that we look at is something called an organic acid test. Uh, it looks at your detoxification pathways. It looks for specific nutrients like B vitamins, which are really important for our compromised kids. Uh, diet modifications, so things like salicylates and oxalates, which are chemical compounds found in you know some of the most healthiest foods. Uh, neurotransmitters, it looks at your serotonin and your dopamine. Um, and then the last test is something called a cryptopyrrole test. Uh, and pyrroles are a normal chemical byproduct in the body and they attach to sort of vitamin B6 and zinc and they draw these elements out of the body when they're excreted through the urine. So if someone has these elevated urine cryptopyrrole levels, it can result in this dramatic deficiency of zinc and B6. Um, and it's frequently identified in behavioral disorders, ADHD, depression, violent behavior, and symptoms include physical, a poor tolerance to physical or emotional stress, 
uh, poor anger control, mood swings, poor short-term memory, sensitivity to light and sound, tactile sensitivities, and a lot of those symptoms correlate with ADHD symptoms as well. So that's test why that one's so important. Now, there are many other ones that I do out there, but they're my four base tests that really give you a good uh, overview of what's going on in that bio-individual body. You know, every child is unique. And so we really want to make sure that we're looking at what's going on in that body and tailor an approach to that person. Wow. And where do you get these tests done? How do you... Yeah, you've got to find a practitioner that will do them. Unfortunately, most traditional medicine doctors will not do them. Um, they're not covered by insurance. Um, you know, we've got this disease management industry as opposed to a yeah. health management industry. And, you know, unfortunately, most of the medical industry is driven by the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies. And so they don't want healthy people. Um, and so they're not covered, unfortunately. So you've got to find a natural health practitioner like myself, uh, a naturopathic doctor. Uh, you know, you want to find someone that's specific to what issues you're dealing with. There are, you know, there are specialists out there and that's really, really important because, you know, if you're going to someone who just deals with general health, they're really not going to know specific to ADHD health. Or if you're de dealing with someone who is just focused on gut health and not uh, mood disorders, then, you know, they're only going to be able to help the gut and not the mood side of things. So you want to find someone that can, can help you. Uh, I work with families all across the US um, and it doesn't matter. You don't need to be in your state. And there's a lot of practitioners out there that are like that. Okay. So you could, you would, you would meet with me, for example, and we would meet yep. over Zoom and you would tell me you would tell me where to get the test done. Yep. Yeah, we send them to your house. You take the samples at home and you send them back to the lab. So you don't wow. even need to go anywhere. Yep. That is amazing. Yeah, that yeah. is so great. Isn't it wonderful that we can meet here and do this? And it's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's 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 revolutionary. You know, like I, I've got a couple of clients, I've got a client in Germany, I've got a client in um, uh, UK, I've got two in Australia right now, and then my rest are in the US. Um, it's easier in the US. We've got, you know, really good access to testing and supplements here compared to some of the other countries. Uh, but, um, you know, it's possible to help people across the world. I know it. I love it. Um, so tell everybody your, about your book, where they can, you know, find it, where they can find you. Uh, this has just been so helpful. And I really think it's important, you know, to think about, you know, what is causing these symptoms and how can we you know, help our kids um, yeah, and ourselves. To be yeah, for sure. It's not and, just a Yeah. And yeah. So, so look, I was, um, you know, in my book, uh, it launched maybe about three months ago now. Um, it's called Thriving with ADHD. It's a guide to naturally reducing ADHD symptoms in your child. Uh, years ago, uh, I wanted a book on ADHD that would clearly spell out exactly what I needed to do uh, to support my son with ADHD naturally, uh, but I could never find it. And I spent hours and hours and hours and years and years and years, uh, you know, trying to trying to work it all out. Um, and I struck out when I kept looking over and over again. You know, there was no book out there that gave me the information I needed. And there was this novelist, Toni Morrison. He once said that if you find a book you really want to read but it hasn't been written yet, 
then you must write it. So that's what I did. I wrote a book and I still can hardly believe it, actually. Um, uh, it's an international <laughs> bestseller um, in multiple categories, including children's health, which was a really important one for me. And I think that that was a really great one. Uh, and it's my life's work. Um, it's the guide that I needed when I started this journey with my son, but I couldn't find. And I feel that it's different from every other book out there because I'm not only a practitioner, but I'm also a mum who gets every single emotion that parents are going through when you've got kids with challenges. And I share my story. I'm very open and honest and vulnerable, um, but really practical in, in what I share. It's not like complicated. It's a step by step by step. Um, so they can find that um, on Amazon or on my website, ADHDthriveinstitute.com. I'm on Instagram at ADHD Thrive Institute, Facebook, ADHD Thrive Institute, uh, and, and, and a lot of the other social platforms as well. Oh, love that. So, so helpful. Thank you so much for coming on. And I will Thank share for having that. me. Yeah, Thank with our listeners. having me. Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And if you are not signed up to receive our newsletter, I encourage you to go to momsoftweensandteens.com and sign up. And I know, I know our inboxes get stuffed full and it's like, oh, do I really want another email? But I believe you will find it worth it. I share resources and printables and helpful blogs posts, and you will be the first one to find out when I'm leading a free workshop series or a workshop with another parenting expert or author. And also when our courses go on sale and when the membership opens up in March, you will be the first person to know about everything that is happening. I am here to support you any way that I can. So if you are looking for any resources or support regarding anything with your tween or teen, reach out to me at Cheryl at momsoftweensandteens.com. And I would be more than happy to share resources with you and answer any questions during the Facebook lives I do. Um, that's what I'm here for. So thank you for joining me this week. And I will see you back here next time. Have a great week.